welcome welcome guys welcome to the off-white pod we are the off-white boys as you know already i'm david the hardest host darker than most and with me as always we've got the boy the one the only vic raj hair the most gas guy who never tells lies what are you saying bro not bad at all mate not bad at all good week at work smashing it through it's fr- Friday tomorrow. Very happy. Very happy to get into some conversation as well today, mate. How are you? Lovely, lovely, bro. Yeah, not too bad. Had a bit of a uh, busy, busy week. Can't lie, but um, it's the new year. Obviously, everyone's a bit down. There's the new lockdown and that. It's, it's yep. dead for everyone. Uh, just got to say, I'm pretty uh, grateful to have the job where it doesn't really affect me that much. Obviously, I still get my normal routine. Yeah. So, you know... Uh, peak for people who, you know, potentially don't have a job or a furloughed. So I, can't, I don't want to complain too much about my week at work, you know. But before we kick off the pod, as I said, mentioned, you know, in our little uh, briefing we do before the before we start <laughs> recording, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, Happy New Year to all our listeners. Uh, a big thank you from me and Vic to everyone who's following our page. You know, we started it last year. We're so happy with the engagement we've, we've got so far. It's never been about, you know, the amount of followers we can get. We were always doing this to, you know, just try and educate, help people have um, some interesting conversations along the way as well. So for us, it was always about, you know, having a great engagement. We obviously see everyone who likes and shares our posts. So I want to say a big thank you to all of you guys. We know who you are. Everyone who's voting on the CODs, uh, Cash of the Days, keep doing that. We appreciate it. We appreciate the engagement. By the end of the year, we want to keep the engagement up get our followers to 1k by the by december 31st we think we hope and we know we can get there so you know just keep liking our stuff keep listening to the pod sharing the pod if you if you're interested if you enjoy it and you know keep giving us feedback because at the end of the day we just want to uh create the best contact content for you guys forget my words out there you go vic you got anything to add yeah, definitely. I think the, the main point um, I want to reiterate is Happy New Year. Hope everyone's doing well. And also feedback, guys, if you've got any suggestions, obviously we, we, we're still new into this. We're, very, we're like happy. We're, we're enjoying it. Um, but if you've got any um, features that you think would be good segments for the pod, anything like that, um, let us know. DM us. Or if you feel like you know anyone or you want to come on and you've got something interesting to talk about, let us know. We definitely will consider it. Um, and yeah, we've got loads of good content coming out for this year. We're really excited. So let's get into it, Dave. Yeah, smashing. That's a good point. I like that. Anyone who wants to come on, honestly, we and Vic have said, we, I think it's time we make it official so people know. We are trying to release a podcast weekly, guys. So at first, we didn't want to put that pressure on ourselves, but I'm going <laughs> to put it, make it official. So as you can, everyone can do the quick maths, 52 um podcast so there's more than enough podcasts for people to come on if they fancy it so um just a quick reflection on last week actually how did you find having our first guest on last week you know the good boy tunde yeah of course of course uh yeah so hopefully tunde's listening to this uh thanks tunde for coming on mate appreciate it It was really good conversation really engaging um i found it good bit of a different dynamic having three people on i think it uh lasts a bit longer as well Yeah, Uh, yeah so yeah um definitely thanks a lot Tunde and uh yeah looking forward to having more guests on this year for sure yeah and everyone keep following Tunde at the money pharmacist on uh insta there you go Tunde you got your little plug there as well (laughs) 
So let's get into the topic for uh, this podcast. Uh, it's fast fashion, guys, as you can see, as you've read the title of the podcast. So I'll just pass it over to Vic, who's just going to give us, you know, uh, a quick uh, summary of what that is. Yeah, of course. So fast fashion, essentially, guys, is basically um, we're going to be touching on uh, the exploitation of labor, um, meaning people, um, how, um, you know, companies take take advantage of cheap labor um, and how that's affecting companies and people and countries around the world. Yeah, relating to fashion. So uh, that's it. Um, So uh, what was the first topic you wanted to discuss, Vic? Um, So, you know, I think the best, a good touching, a good starting point would be um, because it's a British company, and I think a lot of people would have heard of them. Uh, Boohoo. Um, Essentially, uh, the story came out um, recently. stating that um, they had a basically what is called a sweatshop. So basically, essentially, just a quick rundown, a sweatshop is basically um, a factory, essentially, where people will work uh, in really bad conditions um, um, for long hours uh, for a very cheap cost, and they're told to produce clothes at a very fast rate. So that was essentially happening in Leicester in the UK, um, where Boohoo were essentially exploiting people there, um, paying them low wages, um, making them you know reaching the demands of boohoo and the growth of boohoo that we've seen i think um over the last few years um so yeah they were exploiting them there uh cheap labor things like that so yeah what have you got to say about that mate did you do some research on it as well uh, yeah, so from what I read, um, it was one of the manufacturers in their supply chain that was uh, responsible for this exploitation yeah. when it came to uh, the manufacturing of some of their uh, garments that we'd uh, sell on Boohoo. So. Yeah. What I found was really interesting is obviously the fact that this happened in the UK because it's quite a, um, as a lack of the better word, a foreign idea, you know, modern day uh, slavery. So, yeah, yeah, it was based on the fact that obviously these these people were getting paid, but they were getting paid £3.50 an hour, allegedly, which is essentially, which is already so low compared to the um, uh, minimum wage that people should be earning. Um, I think it's almost half, to be fair. So obviously that's just unacceptable, but it's one of those things where you think, it kind of makes sense because Boohoo. Not I don't I don't sh- I don't shop on there that often, but it's like some of their stuff is four pounds, three pounds, and it's next day delivery. Like for them to meet this demand, those prices. Sometimes I think it's over twenty pounds. It's then free delivery for the next day. Like it it can't they can't be paying you know fair prices all the way through their supply chain to for us as consumers to to just be paying four pounds for a top so um i'd say like the first interesting point i would like to bring up would be where do you think the responsibility for that then lies vic do you think it's with boohoo do you think it's with the consumer to then be like wait hang on do i think this company is operating ethically 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 what's the word ethically Ethically, yeah, <laughs> ethically. So, yeah, what do you think on that? So, I think the the I think the responsibility would lie with everyone involved, really. Mainly, I would say the company itself, because um, obviously, from my educational background, there's a. Uh, say in a business called CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility. So essentially a business has responsibility um, to all the stakeholders, everyone involved to provide um, the right working conditions and to provide good products and things like that, Um, which obviously clearly 
they weren't doing and if, if they I mean, they know how much things are costing. A business in their in their supply chain, they know one of their manufacturers were supplying clothes at a cheap cost. They're not gonna not know that they were they were charging labour. Uh, you know, well, people three pound fifty an hour. That's just ridiculous. That's the this. I think the standard living wage um, is meant to be or a set of fifteen pound an hour. So we're talking about almost less, just over a fifth of that which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'd say definitely responsibility lies with them. I'd, I, the one thing I'm a bit confused on with this one is how they managed to get away with it. Because in the UK, there is a lot of legislation regarding businesses and especially paying minimum wage. Um, yeah. How they avoided that, I'm not sure. Maybe the, and this is a, an interesting point. I think maybe what they might have done was used immigrants Um yeah because they know they can get them over whether they came over legally illegally i don't know mm. it might have been the fact that they did so they, they would be willing to work for a lesser wage yeah um yeah. so it's obviously not seen but one thing i would say regarding the wage would be three pound fifty to people if they were immigrants could be a lot of money and that's obviously still not acceptable especially mm. the fact that we're in the uk and there is a set of, uh, a minimum wage yeah. so just an interesting point to think that you know, that £3.50, although to us seems like really small, could be quite significant for them. However, just the, the prices of living in Leicester, it's, just, it's, more, it's a big city in the UK. I mean, imagine those people live there, they'd probably have to pay rent. Well, no, they'll have to pay rent or, you know, save up for a house and things. And on £3.50, that's just not viable at all, really, is it? Not at all, not at all. Mm. And it's one of them where you think, um, is, is an interesting point you say about how they got away with it, because I was thinking that, like, mm. it's in Leicester, like, it's, yeah. as you said, quite an established city, it's yeah. it, it just, there's going to be uh, legislation around there, and it, obviously I don't want to just jump to conclusions, but it would make sense if they were immigrants, because obviously yeah. it'd be easier to keep them, you know, off the official papers and, and that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read too much into the case to uh, see if that was ever, you know, highlighted. But I do think, as you said, the uh, responsibility must lie with the businesses at the end of the day. Yeah, I think absolutely. everyone has their ethical choice of uh, what they want to support, you know, just as people make a decision, they don't want to buy meat, they don't want to eat pork, they don't want to do this. If you don't want to, you know, support a business that you think is, a, is not operating within your moral compass you completely have the right but it's obviously then not your job to make sure the workers of them you know are treated fairly like that's too much of an, a task to ask the consume, consumer to do apart from all we can do is raise awareness and you know discuss it on a podcast so people uh, hear the information so yeah. talking on that point what do you think has caused this to happen like where do you think in the in the you know the evolution of fashion has this you know become so accessible and even a necessity to build a such a global brand that can meet the demands for the consumers nowadays i think that there is um so there's a pressure right for maybe people in society to maybe have latest clothes or have uh, like a larger range of clothes. Maybe that would affect it too. But I think more it comes from essentially what it's always been and that businesses just want to grow as fast as possible. And mm. one of the quickest ways for a business to grow is to increase profit margins so you can reinvest, right? So yep. what Boohoo have been really what Boohoo have been really good at is producing low-cost clothes and still selling it at a good profit whilst being cheap. So the 
the amount of clothes they sell is a very high volume. That's why they, you know, essentially getting people to work longer hours at a cheaper rate because that's how they're affording it, right? That's how they've been able to grow so quickly. I think that's the main thing here, as in Boohoo have grown so quickly to a point where maybe in a sense that on a business perspective, you know, they see they're going to get X amount of clothes for X amount of money they're going to be very happy with that. Hence why this has been allowed to happen. Um, um, so yeah, yeah. What, what about you, mate? Yeah, no, it's an interesting point you uh, bring up about um, the rate of the growth and the pressure that it puts on the business because the owners, from what I read when I was doing the research for the podcast, was that um, if they made the company a $6 billion company, the stakeholders would receive £150 million bonuses each. So when you're putting numbers like that out and it's currently valued at $4.2 billion, Boohoo. Wow. So when you're putting numbers like that out and they're constantly trying to grow, they're constantly trying to increase their um, profit margin. Everybody wants to, you know, become, you know, the, the, the big, the next big brand. Um, it's always going to be shortcuts are going to be taken. And is that, it's one of those things where obviously outsourcing all that kind of stuff, everyone's going to do it. But at the end of the day, everyone should have an ethical and moral responsibility to make sure there's not exploitation because let's be honest, it's 2021 now. Like this stuff shouldn't be happening. It's not just mm-hmm. in Leicester. All there's loads of other businesses that are doing it that we might get onto, we might not get into in this podcast. Yeah. Agreed. Um, however, what I kind of, kind of a bit different there is not different, but I would say, okay, so we know about there's other cases, right? So there's other cases that are involved in this as well. Um, so moving away from the UK, uh, notoriously the east side of the world, so like countries like Bangladesh, Bangalore, uh, China as well, uh, not as much fashion, but still uh, Indonesia, um, those those countries have manufactured a lot of clothes, right? Um, for, for fashionable brands, for uh, as in shops, br- specific brands as well. Yeah. Uh, one of being... One of which being uh, Primark. So Primark, obviously, we are known back in the day, especially for cheap, for producing really cheap clothes and having a really high uh, growth rate and things like that. Indeed, um, indeed. So there was they had a factory in Bangladesh uh, called the Rana Plaza factory, uh, which collapsed essentially uh, because there were too many people inside and there were different levels of floors and the factory just couldn't you know withstand the amount of people that were in there so it collapsed um and they were essentially ordered uh to pay six million pounds to the victims of that so in that sense i think that was quite quite a few years back now i can't remember maybe 10 15 years ago so obviously things change things get better and people have been made responsible. Companies have been made responsible for, uh, you know, due, you know, a lack of due diligence over the right buildings and things like that that would withstand those people uh, in there and things like that. So that that's good. Um, but what I would also say in those countries, um, there's more of an argument I would say for: is it the business's responsibility or is it the government's responsibility? So sometimes it's a bit of a cynical view, but I believe that businesses will exploit or find ways to save money and increase margins in any way they can. So if companies are going to go to a country that they know they're going to, uh, their labor uh, costs are going to be, you know, halved or even more than that hmm. because they're going to manufacture in a country where labor is very cheap. Um, essentially that's what globalization is. So for those that don't know, globalization is essentially operations of businesses moving internationally. So if Nike are known, uh, or like I said, Primark are known for, you know, 
selling in one country in the Western world and then manufacturing them in the Eastern world. So what I want to ask was, Dave, in these in these situations, I'll ask you the question um, now, but in these situations, who has more responsibility? Because if the companies are allowed to go in and exploit them and there's no government you know, policy to regulate, you know, what pe- what companies are doing and stuff. If they pay like a lump sum of money to the government or a tax and then they're happy with it, they don't really care what they do to the people. Is that okay? So who, yeah. does it, who does it lie with? Does it rely, Is it the government's responsibility at that point to be like, we don't want this to happen to our people? Because they're yeah. seeing it as we're a poor country, night come to our country and, in, and increase the, the revenue of our country in terms of employing people, giving them a job, they have money to spend, our, our economy will increase, etc. Yeah. Plus they're paying tax and things like that. So in that sense, where do you think the responsibility lie? More with the business or more with the government? So, yeah, that's a very good uh, question you bring up there. I do think in that scenario, then the responsibility would lie with the government, obviously. So yeah. it's just like to, you know, bring it back to the whole uh, boo-hoo thing. If you think yeah. about the main issue that is that is wrong, which that is, that it goes against, you know, the government minimum wage. So at the end of the day, if boo-hoo had the same, you know, um, working environments or whatever but they were getting paid you know seven pound 20 or whatever the minimum wage was there'd be less of an argument to say what they're doing is wrong so i would apply that to the sense of if we go over to china we go over to bangladesh we meet the requirements that you know their minimum wage over there because of obviously the strength of the pound or the dollar or whatever it's already halved straight away but to us obviously the monetary value we hear is so low but to them, obviously, especially if they've got no other options, there's no other jobs. It's yeah. like, okay, this is this is just a job. This is just my life. I've got to spend yeah. twelve hours in the shop, in the um, in the sweatshop to uh, yeah. manufacture, manufacture this iPhone, manufacture this trainer. But at the end of the day, I you know I can go home. I can feed my kids. I've got five children. Yeah. This is paying for them. Hopefully, you know, yeah. um, my family gets a bit more money. All that. So it's yeah. one of those where. It's, it's both, I'd say, where yeah. the governments need to also make sure they're not getting the, the, they have responsibility to their citizens to make sure they're not getting unfairly exploited. But yeah, I agree. If, if there's not legislation or there's no laws in places to prevent this happening in other people's countries, and as you said, it's a bit of a cynical view, but at the end of the day, business is business. Like, as they always say, you're never going to meet a nice billionaire they're always going to look for things to where they can, you know, cut cost off the top and put it into their yeah. pockets. They'll always yeah. do it. And if if that if 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 the rules are made out there for them where they can bend them, they're going to be bent. So it's down for someone else to, you know, control their own population and their own citizens. That's what I think. I agree. I agree. I agree definitely. I think. It takes, it, it's the government's responsibility to take ownership and set regulations. So, mm. though, obviously, some of these countries rely on this manufacturing of clothes as like a huge part of their GDP, right? So, yeah. don't disincentivize that as you still want your country to blossom. But what's important would be to create boundaries where you can't where companies wouldn't be able to exploit because you shouldn't the main thing is i don't think we should we shouldn't trust the companies to be like we're going to do the right thing because they don't yeah because their point is to to make money and save money that's their point but it's up to the governments to create regulations to be like you can't come here and manufacture if you're not doing if you're not providing this for our people and that for our people do you know what i mean if if they if their argument is for example 
they need money to they need a job to provide housing then they would be like okay we're gonna still we're gonna increase the wage a little bit but what we're gonna also do is provide housing for them and their families i think yeah. that something like that would be a good idea so you're kind of alleviating the, the necessity to increase the wage too much where it, it would dis- disincentivize a company to go into that country yeah, so everyone's benefiting the, the 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 business the employee who's in the work in these uh, for, to make these calls and the governments are still getting what they want so i think that's a fair deal in that sense so with the whole idea of globalization obviously not the ones where they're they're imagine it's the same cost they're living um arrangements or you know acceptable and yeah. and the hours are, are as long so let's say the the rate per hour was the same but they were doing yeah you know six hour shifts you know nine yeah. to five instead with a yeah. lunch break would you yeah, yeah. do you think people's opinions of that would be changed would change do you think it's compounded with the fact that they have to do these long shifts they they get forced to you know sleep in the factory sometimes sometimes yeah. not even getting a full night's sleep they can't go home blah blah blah, blah all that do you think it's the, the the actual hourly rate or you think it's the whole you know the whole environment that yeah. these sweatshops are in yeah i think it's the working environment i think that's the main thing i think it's the the unsafe nature it's like touching on slavery when you're forcing people to stay and not go home and mm. you know paying them not much at all and things like that you're touching on slavery in that sense so i think yeah. that's the that's where you know the inhumane aspect comes of it you can't treat someone like that they're not they're not machine you know they're a human being who has who has a life at the end of the day um so definitely i think if you improve the conditions and provided different things and the thing is, as, as companies go into different companies, this is okay. So this is kind of why globalization is a good thing. And it might be bad at the beginning, but it gets better because you go in, you exploit. This has happened for centuries. You go in, you exploit, regulation comes in, it gets better. What happens is the companies might still stay in, but what, what good countries do, they will reinvest that money that those companies are bought in and they improve the conditions of people and they improve the education. So what happens is over a de- over five decades is this globalization actually helps increase and improve the country. So sometimes for later generations to benefit, mm-hmm. the, the first generations have to go through, you know, a bit of negativity. But I think that is as life is. But I think definitely it's more the environment and things. Um, but it's just about how well the governments can control it and help their people, essentially, like you said, help the citizens. If their citizens don't believe that their government are doing them right if they get enough money they will probably leave that country so it's, it, it won't work out for them for yeah. sure no yeah yeah that's a, that's an interesting uh fair view i suppose the point i'd say on that is is it in 2020 is it ethically right for us to allow you know that first generation to go through that hardship yeah of globalization when there's clearly more than obviously I know the real world doesn't the real world doesn't work like this, but there's clearly enough money to go around where yeah. these companies could, you know, instead of making ninety percent profit, they can make sixty percent profit, and yeah. that covers the cost of, you know, their supply chain. But, you know, that is the life. That's the world we live in, isn't it? Yeah. Just a final point I want to raise on that, Dave. Yeah. Do you think that? the countries that are mainly involved so they're from like what we say bangladesh Bangalore, indonesia india those kinds of countries yeah do you think that there's a something it's an it's an ethnicity kind of thing where they know that people in that side of the world are willing to work those longer hours uh 
you know, because of the situation, because of the country that it's in, maybe that, that affects it more. You know, they don't have like a set minimum wage, so they will work mm. for lesser money and things in longer hours. Or is it kind of to do with the, the, the Western companies who are mainly owned by like white Caucasian people exploit countries because of ethnicity or more mostly because of its opportunity? It's nothing to do with creed or colour. It's more to do with the fact that those countries are just left developed, therefore they're going to be able to manufacture things cheaper? Or do you think it's more of a, those ethnicities are willing to, for, for whatever reason, mm. are willing to work harder for less money? What do, you, what do you think about that? I think it's obviously a bit of both. There'll be some yeah. subconsciousness to it where they'll be able to detach themselves from the situation if they view it as, you know, oh, it's India, oh, it's China, oh, it's, it's yeah. not my people that I'm doing yeah. this to. You know, it's just, yeah. it's always different. It's just like people who, um, you know, wouldn't steal from their parents, but if they need to, they'd go and, you know, steal from a shop, whatever. You don't want to do it close to home. So I yeah. think there's, there's, there's that mental aspect of it. Um, yeah. But also, I don't think it is, it is as deep as that sometimes. I think if England was undeveloped, we had, you know, um, uh, if we had, um, what's it called? Um, a stupidly low minimum wage apple would come and start producing it over here as well i don't think it is just yeah. based off um ethnicity i think that definitely plays a factor but i think it's just these countries as you said they've got a lower gd gdp they yeah they're ex- they leave themselves exposed to exploitation if that makes sense obviously it's not their fault but that's just the, the yeah. world we live in where as yeah. you said there's not enough money in their country to, for them to be getting jobs that are 10 pound an hour so they're happy to to work these longer hours for lesser pay yeah i literally think it's, yeah. it's just a bit of both really isn't it they both feed yeah. into each other and um there will be a day that hopefully it's all eradicated you know yeah hopefully one day um i think Interesting point is that technology coming in, uh, AI, or just technology in general, I think machinery might replace a lot of these workers come to come the future mm. to a point where we, you don't, you can't exploit a machine. So you can tell a machine to work 24 hours and things like that. So yeah. um, is that a good thing? Maybe, yeah, for businesses, if you invest in a, a, a machine and, over the, and then it's one point you stop paying for it, right? And then therefore it's free. You're getting yeah, clothes yeah. for free, essentially. Yeah, Manufacturing yeah. costs are low, but then... We're talking about people who won't have a job, so they have to be retrained into other industries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's why it's important for these countries to invest into yeah. education. Yeah. You raise yeah. these people who have been working, or their parents have been working in the factories. You raise them to be in a different kind of uh, educational bracket, so they can go for like higher level jobs. You know, yeah. so it's it's, it's it's very interesting you say that because, as you said, in that sense, it's almost a catch twenty two where. If they, they're like, okay, look, we'll invest in AI, we'll have, we'll build these robots, but at the end of the day, they can then control their workflow. They'll be like, we literally need to invest, you know, this upfront cost into 50 robots in this factory. But after this uh, initial upfront cost for the next 10 years, a bit of maintenance, a bit of update to their um, coding or whatever, and yeah. they'll be able to make, you know, this parts 24 hours a day seven days a week and there's no ethical um questions there and it gets to the point where it's probably just not worth paying humans to do it the stress the uh, bad press all that so as you said yeah i think ai will probably change this for the better for the exploitation but then 
people will complain saying there's not even the jobs in the first place. Yeah, I agree. It's <laughs> I'm glad that we're not making the decisions of these governments. That's all I can <laughs> yeah, say. <laughs> exactly. You can't but, please everyone. One, one, my kind of final kind of touches on this. One, one interesting point uh, before we get into the clash of the day from yesterday. Do you think with the whole boohoo thing to round it off, do you think people were more outraged with the fact it was in the UK? So out of sight, out of, out of mind, you, you kind of touched on that. So when it's happening to the West, uh, to the East world, we're like, oh, we don't really care. We just want our cheap clothes. And then, mm. or do you think it's, it's, that's why people are outraged because it is in the UK and people are so shocked. I think um, we've got to give people credit in 2021 now. Um, I'd like to say that as a society, we're uh, we're so much more aware of injustices that are going on in the world. Yeah. So I think if this report came out and it was in India or um, China, those kind of uh, countries, the East, as you say, that there would have been, you know, the same amount of outrage. But I think for a lot of people, I think it was quite shocking for it to be literally in Leicester. Some people would have lived in the city. Some people would have gone to uni. Yeah, I agree. So I think it definitely hit a bit differently. But I do think it's unfair to say that potentially it wouldn't have been as big news if it it was uh, in India or somewhere or or China. But I do think... And I think it's just the fact you can contextualise it a bit more. Like, you're like, raw, £3.50, they were getting paid. Like, that's literally less than a McDonald's worker. Not to take anything away from McDonald's, obviously, guys. You, you, you're on your own little grind, calm. But, you know, £3.50 for people to literally... It's not like... Because, you know, it's always different when it's like, oh, this is equivalent to this, it's equivalent to this. It's like, yeah. no, these people in this country that we're living in... LS, whatever it was, we're getting £3.50. And I think for everyone who's ever worked or whatever, who's worked a minimum wage job can appreciate, and I have, can appreciate how little £3.50 is. It's less than, it's almost, is it less than an apprenticeship? Or no? Probably no. rather, yeah. Probably yeah. About the same, probably a bit yeah. less, yeah. Exactly. So I think for a lot of people that definitely did make it hit home a bit more. But as I said, I think it would have been it would have it would have been shocking either way. Yeah, I I reiterate what you said. I think it is it is actually no. I think it, it is people. It is more shocking because it is in the UK. I think mm. it's been going on for years in the other worlds, and people don't really care. But I think because it's in the but I think it's not a negative thing actually. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Because at least it will highlight that this has been happening around the world, and exactly. You know, people like because for example talking about it can highlight it to different kinds of people as well yeah, uh, yeah. just to make, make people aware so people at least people can become more um responsible and more um aware of where to buy clothes from and things like that because at the end of the day if we as mass customers stop stopping at certain places because we don't agree with what they're doing they will be forced to change because if they don't make a revenue they can't operate so they will therefore be forced to change and and provide stakeholders with 150 million and things like that because that's what they have to do so it's a good thing that these come out at the end of the day that segues nicely into the old clash of the day bro so that's me it does, it, out for them. it does so the clash of the day yesterday was uh would you spend more money on clothes if it meant making uh, the people that made those clothes uh, have a fair salary good working conditions etc so thankfully the results were 93 percent of people said yes um so that's a good thing it's good to know that people would pay more um as you mentioned as well 
or people are becoming more responsible um, for not only their little world, but what goes on around the world, what goes on around their country. Um, yeah. So pe- the fact that nice, we had quite a few votes, over 50 votes, I'd say, um, of, of people that, that would actually pay more out of their pocket to ensure that other people that they don't know uh, yeah. are living in a, or working in a better condition and having more income. I think that's a really good thing. I'm happy that that's what, that was the outcome of the uh, results on that one. I um uh I yeah as you said uh as I just echo it's great that everyone thinks that I will however uh, I don't know if you saw the DM we got from a certain friend of yours um this I, I'll read the DM because obviously we haven't asked for uh, permission to read her DM so I won't I will say who it was. No, I just read what the DM says and it says to be honest all of us putting yes are hypocrites because you can literally do this already by buying from ethical companies which are more expensive that is very true like there is a if you look on Insta if you look on you know companies that we've shared there's a lot of people doing what they can for the environment doing what they can for you know um, making sure their supply chain is is ethical people are getting paid what they should be getting paid but yet it's like the marketing the branding everybody wants things now 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 and it's only these big companies the air sources the boohoo the uh, pretty little thing that can meet those demands because of you know their questionable supply chains so I just thought that was an interesting point to to bring up because it, it makes me even think like Nike, all that kind of stuff. I still buy it because of the brand. I rate, I rate their fits. I rate their trainers. But am I a hypocrite to sit here through a podcast of 30 minutes saying we should do this, we should do this, when I'm not myself, I'm not making any conscious effort to really research where I'm, I'm buying yeah. my clothes for at the moment. Yeah. Probably something I'll try and implement in my life yeah, as, as we go on. But I just thought for yourself, or you, would you say you make any conscious effort? And I think it's just a, it's an interesting thing just to ask ourselves, like, what are we yeah. actually doing instead of just, you know, talking the talk? Yeah, I agree. And the answer in short is no. I don't make effort to ensure that I buy clothes from uh, ethically correct, quote-unquote, uh, sourced uh, companies and things like that. However, you know, like you said, I think I will look into it a little bit more, um, but um it is the branding i think i think the point i want to end on uh, for now is we're very consumer driven people and people in the west side of the world are quite selfish um we want and things like that so we don't really care where they come from because we want things at a cheaper price because that's more beneficial to us and i think as of last year and hopefully going into this year and this decade and this century and the future we just become people who are not just thinking about ourselves we're thinking about everyone the bigger picture um and hopefully that means that conversations like these don't have to happen uh, in the future because it's 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 a, a norm to um just think a bit more ethically when it comes to where you source your clothes from and hopefully with i think like i said before if if the masses have changed the companies have no choice but to change as well so the power does lie with the majority uh, always has always will yeah so if if we as people can make better conscious decisions on where we get clothes from um if if those companies are treating their employees or employees of their supply chain manufacturers etc better as well 
then I think that's I think that's gonna be the best way forward. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um so a hundred percent. Uh guys, this is it for this podcast. I'm sure anyone who's listened will have some thoughts, will have some opinions on this one. We thought this was quite a, a different topic for us to, uh, to discuss. You know, it's quite a deep, a deep topic, but from a different angle, not just, you know, race um, or any, you know, inequality going on. It's uh, something that will affect us all, something that we can all be yeah. make a conscious effort to try and research and try and prevent just through our daily lives. So uh, feel free, as always, to DM us at Off White Boys. Um, and actually, on that, to- on that topic, actually, uh, Vic, would you want to just discuss the little rebrand we've been through? Before? Yeah, so new year, we-, we need to address that, let people know. Yeah, so again, just thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. Those who've got this far, hopefully that's everyone. Uh, I've, re- I've really enjoyed this one, actually. It's an interesting yeah. one, a bit of a different topic. I obviously hope you guys did too. Um, so yeah, so we've basically rebranded from the Off-White Bants, which was our meme page and everything. So coming into the new year, Dave and I had a discussion over the, the holidays, um, basically, um, that we wanted to rebrand our page um, to make it more centralised to uh, what content we want to put out there. So obviously, so you guys know that we've got the podcast now so that's part of the off-white boys and what we're going to be producing and putting out there and um, so it's not just a meme page anymore it's a it's more of a centralized hub uh, our instagram page will be um to release the content we release which is going to be memes as well which is going to be serious posts which is going to be class of the days which is going to be plus plus wednesdays which is going to be all these mini classes and all these different things we're going to do there's more content coming we've got more ideas so off-white boys uh, on Insta is the is the hub is the center, uh, the epicenter of what we're we're trying to do, um, and and the pod and everything else is going to be kind of um, things that are coming off that. So yeah, we've rebranded. Uh, we, we hope you like it. Uh, like I said, there's more to come out um, this year. Uh, DM us if you've got any questions on the pod or about the rebrand branded anything like that uh keep following like i said loads of content coming new ideas coming uh so yeah we're looking forward to 2021 that's number one of 52 done um so yeah thank you so much for listening guys and we'll see you next week peace